Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Time off with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Jordan Canellas with you here for another night on Time On. Good to be with you. You can send us a text on the Temper text line 0433981116. Temper, a mattress like no other. You can give us a call 1300 736 736. Plenty happening around the world of sports globally. Australia, another win in the leading matches to the Olympics with a solid victory over Nigeria. The Boomers looking very sharp indeed. Plenty of A-League transfers as well, which we'll get to in a second. State of Origin 3 is tonight. You'll hear the call in about an hour from now, or the pre-game leading into the call in about an hour from now here on SEM. We have the neutral call for you. We've got the parochial Maroons call. We have the parochial Blues call, which you can access via the app. But, of course, there's plenty of footy news as well to get through here on Time On. So, as I said, this is your say on the news of the day. 0433981116 to send us a text, or you can give us a call. one 736 736 and footy is where we start with the big topics of the last 24 hours. Out of an abundance of caution, all Victorian teams will be being tested um, in additional tests this week. The Geelong team, who's in the air and may well have landed, will be meeting, um, be met by West Australian police on the time and uh, on the other end of the tarmac, and we'll go and we'll get a test in Perth. Um, and uh, beyond that, my understanding, I don't have any um, updates. Uh, of any other changes this weekend, either in in Victoria in terms of crowds or games or others, we the um, the government are clearly working through it. But at the moment, you know they, they are watching and learning. But we have no advice to any planned changes. But as we know, uh, things change on a day-to-day basis or an hourly basis. Melbourneian footy fans are keeping an eye out now after the positive COVID case which attended a game on the weekends. The MCG is now listed as a Tier 2 site. The positive case attended the Carlton-Geelong game on the Saturday twilight slot. So the Level 2 area in the MCC section of the MCG uh, is the specific region uh, that the case attended. We've already seen the fixture in general be changed over the last couple of weeks. It'll change into the next few weeks as we uh, learnt last night when the round 19 and round 20 fixtures got released and I'm sure it'll continue throughout the uh, the remainder of the season beyond that for the home and away campaign uh, off the back of what's happened in Sydney but who knows now where this stands in Melbourne. I'm hoping and I think we're all hoping that it doesn't get 
any more serious beyond this point, but that is why we are now sort of keeping an eye out, being wary, not that we shouldn't have been wary before, but we are just extra wary now after that positive case at the MCG. Um, people in that area of the ground who attended the, the, the game in that area of the grounds have been contacted and are being urged to be tested just to make sure. The AFL have reported that the members' dining room, the John Landy room, the long room, the committee room, the Terrace Cafe and the Percy Beams bar, as well as sections N37 to N48, they have been listed as the Tier 2 exposure site. So it's... it's, um, it's not the highest severity, but it's certainly uh, we're on watch as uh, as of uh, today, as of the press conference from Gil McLaughlin. That was him speaking a few hours ago. And uh, the testing commander of the COVID-19 unit uh, here in uh, Victoria, Jerome Weimar, spoke about the MCG becoming an exposure site. At this point in time, I can confirm that one exposure site is the MCG for the Carlton Geelong game on Saturday, the 10th of July between 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. This individual was in level two in the MCC reserve. We currently have identified 2,000 people through the DVR code system and the ticketing systems. We've identified 2,000 people in the members reserve at the, uh, in the MCC members reserve at the MCG Colton Geelong game. They all will be contacted as we speak to isolate and to get tested. There'll be a number of them we will treat as primary close contacts. There'll be other people at the game who will also be asking to come forward to get tested. So that was Jerome Weimar, the testing commander, speaking uh, early today. So in general, more broad news outside of footy as well. The additional, or there were additional uh, seven cases added to the one case reported in the morning uh, in Melbourne. This is all linked back to the Sydney removalists and a family residing in the city of Hume. Uh, obviously, the Carlton and Geelong game has been all tied into this as well. The Victoria uh, Department of Health has listed the MCG uh, on all the locations I mentioned a moment ago, but specifically between the times of 4pm and 8pm on Saturday, which is pretty much the, the game time slot as, uh, as a Tier 2 um, exposure site. If anyone was in that, area uh, on that day during those times they should get themselves tested immediately and isolate until receiving a negative result so that's the latest with the COVID situation footy as I said before I think we're all hoping and praying and knock on wood that it's this is as bad as it gets and hopefully this is it the start and finish and then we can work our way backwards and back to a bit more normality after that having said that with that uh, with that case attending the footy and the general kind of discussion around crowds being a little lower this year, and I think a lot of that has uh, been a result of COVID, and not doesn't necessarily mean that people have been afraid to go, but just maybe the processes of going to the footy now are a little more uh, a little more cumbersome, perhaps, for footy fans to be bothered with going to to a game. With this new COVID news and the exposure site now at the MCG, would that does that put you off going to the footy if it hasn't already? Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen to have your say off the temper text a mattress like no other, or you can give us a call one three hundred seven three six seven three six. So after that, has it put you off going to the footy a little more? Is it going to deter you from going to the games if it hadn't already throughout the course of the uh, the season so far? That was the major news story of the day. Damien Hardwick also spoke to the media today uh, off the back of Richmond's four losses in a row. To be perfectly honest, it's the Australian way, I think. I think we always talk down, you know, great performers. The reality is you've been at the top for a long period of time and, you know, I find the narrative 
disappointing at, at various stages, but also that's the, the nature of the game. We understand that when you've been at the top and you, you're not performing to the level that you can be, you, you open yourself up. And we're, we're big boys, we understand it. Um, but we also understand we're a, we're a proud footy club that is all about the journey. It might be this year. It might mightn't be our year this. It mightn't be our year this year, but it might be our year this year. But it might not necessarily means that it won't be our year again next year. So we're really positive about where we at, where where we're at. Sorry, we've got some some players that, you know, once again that we feel will come back into the side over the coming weeks that will improve us once again. That we're finding out some things about some players that we've had at our, our lower level, our development level that we're excited about also. So there's always a silver lining from our point of view. Damien Hardwick speaking to the media today and coming out pretty strong off the back of the Tigers' last games, the last four losses in a row where they've lost to the Eagles, St Kilda, Gold Coast and Collingwood. They sit 12th on the AFL ladder. They have the ninth best attack and the ninth best defence, so they're sitting right in the middle of the group. I'm not saying that Richmond are bad. They're not a bad team. They're not just as good as we have learnt them to be in the last couple of years. But that's perhaps natural. It's a natural incline and decline of teams who are in the premiership window and then come back out of it. Is it the Australian way? I found that comment at the start of uh, that little clip there pretty interesting. The Australian way. Uh, or is it just us being realist, realistic? Is it realism from footy fans to be able to, to, to feedback and give criticism to the Tigers for what they've done so far in this footy season. I think, now he didn't, he didn't state this specifically, but I think he's kind of alluding, and I'm certainly extrapolating from that, tall poppy syndrome. I think to apply tall poppy syndrome to this particular argument, you have to be a tall poppy in the first place, and Richmond aren't a tall poppy anymore. They're not, they're not standing up above the rest of the pack. They're just, they've fallen back into the pack at the moment. They're 12th on the ladder. They're 7-9. and nine. Their win-loss record is shared with Essendon. The Giants have a better win-loss. St Kilda have a better, better win-loss. Is it the Australian way or is it just us being realistic? Our, our overall, I think most people share the, the consensus here on the Tigers is that, well, they're not the power that they used to be in the last four years. If they make finals and if they get a lot of those players back, then maybe they will be a, uh, not a contender, but something to be, you know, feared or cautious about when you reach finals because we know they've got that experience. But that is also a legitimate excuse. I think injuries in this situation, when it, when the injury list is that extensive, I think you can use that as a reason why the Tigers aren't as strong as they are. The injury list includes the names of Hooley, Edwards, Lambert, Bolter, Broad, Nankervis, Prestia and Vloston and Damien Hardwick, he was pretty realistic about what the team might look like and how it might play once some of those names return. Well, it's hard to judge the, the hunger of our, our side when the you know half of the side's been out for the majority of the year. So, you know, we're probably you know looking at our expectation and the fact of the matter is that we're a proud side that wins, wants to win every game. Um, we'll give ourselves as, as big a shot as we can. We've lost three goals by uh, sorry three games by twelve points or less, I think, or something like that. So, you, know, you can quite easily look at that, or you can just continue to challenge the guys to get better and make sure we continue to improve. Um, once again, we're in every game to win. You know, we've got, I don't know how many games there are left. Is it six or seven or whatever that is? But, you know, the fact of the matter is we're going to get better in a lot of facets of our game to give ourselves a chance. When we, you know, continually improve, get our connection back on track, if we make the finals, and hopefully we do make the finals, we're going to be hard to beat. Damien Hardwick there. And finally, the Big Bash fixture was released for this upcoming season, BBL 11. Uh, we'll confirm the reports uh, that from what we learned earlier in the week that we'll have 
long story short, it's a compressed season. So it'll start on December 5. It'll finish with the grand final on January 8. It means that the season will finish before the end of January for the first time since 2017. There's an increase of double header matches once we get into January. So through December, it's mostly one a day. There's a couple of two a days in there, but mostly one a day. Once we get over the, the or once we get past the test matches and then into January with some clearer air, then it'll be double headers all the way through. Uh, so we'll fly through that final stanza. That's when people get a little tired, I suppose, of the big bash is when we start getting into mid-January and it labours through January into February. There won't be that this time around with the big bash. We'll get into January, we'll get that. We'll get past the tests and then from there it's two a day, two a day, pretty much all the way through to the end of the regular season, which I think was tw- uh, January 19, and then into the finals for that following week. Uh, so that'll it'll feel like the back end of the season is sped up and it will give it some momentum heading towards the finals. Importantly, it also means the Australian ODI players will remain available for their big bash teams during the season uh, throughout February because they won't be required to compete for the national team in the green and gold until after the big bash is done. So all of those 50 over and 20 over players for the green and golds, they can play out the big bash season and then link up in their national team unit afterwards in February. So that's positive news, and I think that's going to help renew a little bit and help revitalise especially the second half of the Big Bash season, which which can get a little laborious. one three hundred seven three six seven three six to give us a call on any of those topics. Big Bash fixtures, Damien Harbick's comments today, the Tigers... And the uh, the ticketing situation or the, um, the the fan situation, have you been deterred? Are you being put off going to the footy now because of the recent uh, exposure sites listed at the MCG or even just before that throughout the season so far? We're 17 rounds old. How have you found your experience? Paul in Camberwell has given us a buzz about this. Paul, welcome. Oh, good evening. How are you? I'm good, thank you. That's good, yeah. Um, no disrespect to your question regarding uh, is this latest, latest COVID situation put me off going to the football. My problem is that I'm a member and my club sent me a, uh, a message with a barcode and try and try as you will. Um, they still, um, not only can I not get a ticket to go to the football, they're expecting extra money on top of the membership and uh, it's in, I, I can't get a ticket, so... <laughs> I know I don't want to half one about it, but that's the truth. I can't get a ticket. So you're actually unable to get a ticket. So you're putting your your barcode and your number, and you're still yeah. unable. Yeah, we've we've tried three games um, recently, and um, no success whatsoever. Have you? Has the club said anything about that? No, look, I haven't informed the club. It's not, you know, it is strange days indeed with COVID, and I, I just think that give it a shot and it's not working it's not working and I'm, I'm I'm prepared to leave it at that but yeah, um, forget the COVID situation or potential outbreak I, I simply can't get a ticket So you haven't been to a game this season Paul? I have not, no I mean, I'm, it's it's every club's different, so I can't comment on on any one club or what the situation is because um, the one or two games I've been able to go to as a fan, I've been lucky enough to get in. But I have I have known of your situation. I've had text messages on this show and on on others about the ticketing situation. So um, yeah, that's I. I, I can't really offer any uh, any solution to that because each club is different. Maybe it could be the ticketing outlet, but um, that's unfortunate to hear that, Paul. No, that's okay. Enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you, mate. You too. Hopefully you can get to the footy at some point this season. Paul and Camberwell. And there are similar 
text messages coming through on the uh, on that point as well, even before we got Paul on the line. Brad from West Meadows about a minute earlier said the ridiculous ticketing system is the most off-putting thing about going to the footy. Random choice is ridiculous, Brad from West Meadows. Uh, Anonymous says, already made up my mind that some people can't be trusted, so decided not to attend any games this season. We'll watch some local footy in comfort and space. And I was thinking of going to the Essendon North Melbourne game this Sunday for the first time in two years, but not now, says another one from Anonymous off the text. Uh, Gary in Taylor's Lakes has a similar call on the ticketing system. Gary, welcome. Uh, g'day, how are you guys? I'm well, thank you. Yeah, look, yeah been frustrated all, all season, even today, trying to go get um, Hawthorne membership tickets, uh, seats for the Hawthorne Melbourne game, and all you can get is down the bottom. Now, not everyone wants to sit on the bottom. You know, you can't see the, the ground. For some people, it's great. I like to sit, sit up top, but they're not releasing anything up top. And then I rung the club, and they, they said, well, that's the way it is. I said, well, how about fighting for the members and for the supporters? You're putting everyone off from going to the game. And then, I, then they said, oh, they do it for COVID reasons. And, well, that, that can't be right. You mean you're packing more people in the bottom area and not up the top. You should be spreading, the, spreading it out. And so it's just making it difficult. You just go online. Online works nicely, but uh, you just got crap seats. And who wants to, you know, some people want to sit at the bottom, that's fine. But if I want to sit up top where I would normally every other week, that's what I see. I want to see the, the plays being set up. Mm. But uh, they're not providing that and, and they're blaming the MCC or MCG. How are they doing? Now, if I go to uh, the Marvel Stadium, fine. I can sit up top, get a good seat. But MCG, no. And they're not, not helping the supporters at all. Yeah, Marvel. So I, I, I've only been to two games this season as a as a fan. Most others, I'm there as a broadcaster. But as a fan, I went and at Marvel, I had no problems. The MCG, I think I got given a seat, and I was I was okay with the seat I got. So I was, I, I probably just got lucky to be fair. But Marvel seems to be all right. The MCG might be the one. I don't. I agree with your point, Gary, um, about not spreading fans out. I mean, whenever I've gone to the footy, whenever I've watched it on TV, you see fans compressed into one spot in the ground or all together on in a bay on the lower level, second level, and then the third level up the back is, is all free. I don't know why they haven't gone about spreading fans out more evenly across the venue. That seems to be the most logical way um, to, if, if, you know, social distancing has been the phrase of the last 18 months around the world and we're not doing it in our stadiums. Gary and Taylor's Lakes uh, giving us a call. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. You can send us a text as well. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Uh, plenty of text messages coming through. Uh, for Tampa, a mattress like no other. We'll be speaking to Jimmy Smith in about half an hour from now, or about 15 minutes from now, actually, about State of Origin 3. Uh, so that'll be in the second half of this hour, but we'll continue to take your calls on uh, the footy, the ticket situation, the Tigers as well. A couple of texts on the back of that. So all that and more coming up here on Time On on your Wednesday night, SEN. Time on SEN Wednesday night. Your say on the news of the day. Jordan Canellis here sitting in for Sam Hargraves this week on the program. You can send us a text 0433 98 11 16 for temper, a mattress like no other. Or you can give us a call, 1300 736 736. The Sydney Swans have just sent out a tweet in the last couple of minutes saying that uh, a nod to the club's history and to the unique circumstances the team has found itself in in 2021 means that we will continue to wear our South Melbourne-inspired heritage guernsey for designated away games while based in Melbourne in 2021. So I thought, I think that's a good move. I think they're... Their guernseys looked very, uh, very, very sleek on the weekend against the Western Bulldogs, and I reckon a lot of 
um, Melbourne-based Sydney Swans fans or Victorian-based Sydney Swans fans will uh, will appreciate that and that they'll uh, wear the the white with the red V uh, for the remainder of the season in those designated away games. So yeah, nice gesture from uh, from the Sydney Swans, given they are going to be based here in Victoria, uh, well at least outside of Sydney anyway for uh, for the next little bit throughout the season. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Your text messages off the back of the ticket discussion. Alex says, try not being a member. You'll never get a ticket. I'm an AFL member luckily so I can get access time to time um, so that's from Alex Anonymous says it hasn't and will not stop me I've gone to every game I can another one says uh, yes this is oh, this on the Tigers discussion we're having before uh, yes the Tigers are down but they are reigning premiers hence the tall poppy syndrome comment fair but I think we can use our own um, problem solving ability and our own uh, sort of uh, discernment to understand that ti- the Tigers aren't the tall poppy that they were in the last four or so years um, uh, anonymous, or sorry, Andrew says, uh, what is sitting up the top of the MCG got to do with COVID? Well, the point I was making on that comment was because they've compressed all of the fans and all of the seated uh, areas of the ground where fans are allowed to sit further down, so from talking vertically here, level one, two, level three, uh, they, all, they all sit sort of compressed downwards and the very top rows of the stadium aren't being opened up or the top level of the stadium in some matches haven't been opened up. Um, and so they're sort of compressing fans into into a smaller space on the ground rather than spreading them throughout the uh, the different tiers on the venue, which was what I was talking about. So social distancing is completely absent from this because they're putting fans right next to each other, seat by seat, bay by bay, instead of spreading them out and having a seat or a row between them all. Um, now, as some people have pointed out off the text machine, um, spreading people around the stadium means they have to open all the bars and good venues uh, at stadiums, so it's commercially driven, uh, not COVID-driven, says Rich. Uh, they put everyone in one section, so they only have to COVID-clean one section rather than the entire stadium. Uh, they don't spread people around because they have to open up the whole stadium, not economical to have security and food uh, open for a tiny crowd. Uh, Benny says, yep, the whole system is an absolute disgrace. I've been a full AFL member for 20 years. So I've been once this year because they've made the whole experience unenjoyable. It'll be my last year as an AFL member. I'll buy a club membership instead, says Benny. Uh, Richard in Surrey Hills, the reason they don't spread the people is it costs a lot of money. Uh, for staff and et cetera to open multiple levels. It's all economic. So there's been a couple of those um, that have come through on the text. So I understand that and I'll cop that. That's probably one that slipped my mind. So that's that's fine. And I appreciate those text messages coming through. However, it still doesn't, it doesn't quite sit that well with me. I mean, if we're talking about, you know, doing the right thing and, you know, social distancing and looking out for the fans, I mean, that simply isn't. I understand that that's economics related and it's, it's you know the AFL needing to save a bit of money when they where they can and you know that's clear for every industry really every business over the last year year and a half because of the way that COVID has, has hit us all but I just feel like it sort of it does lack a little bit um, of uh, just it just lacks I think general care for the fans but I understand that it's you know it is economics related. Uh, we'll speak to Jimmy Smith in just a moment. We'll get to more of your text messages as well. Uh, teams have come through uh, for this rail for um, for uh, for tomorrow night anyway. So the Thursday night game, Fremantle uh, and Geelong. And Fremantle have named uh, their ins and outs. Uh, this game is at Optus Stadium, 10 past 8 tomorrow night. Fremantle, in comes Ethan Hughes. 
Out goes Brandon Walker, so one change uh, in defence across the half-back line, and Connor Blakely has been uh, named as the medical, or has been sort of dropped out of the team for the medical sub, but could well and truly be back in as the sub. But the the one-for-one one change is Ethan Hughes in, Brandon Walker out. For Geelong, the Geelong changes, Joel Selwood comes back in for the Cats, and Luke Dalhouse comes in as well, so as was expected from the reports earlier in the week, but uh, Joel Selwood returns. Out goes Gary Rowan, uh, injured. Lockie Henderson gets managed. So after his 200th game, he gets managed. And uh, young Max Holmes also goes out. He is just, uh, he's been omitted. So the, um, the what is he, sixth, sixth gamer who scored his first goal on the weekend, he goes out of the team. So in for Fremantle, in Ethan Hughes, out Brandon Walker. For Geelong, in Joel Selwood and Luke Dalhouse, out go Gary Rowan and Lockie Henderson and Max Holmes. Those are the teams. We will get a preview for State of Origin number three next with uh, one of our uh, commentators uh, up at 1170 SEN Sydney and he'll be on the Blues call tonight on the parochial New South Wales call. You can access that via the app. Jimmy Smith, he'll be with us next here on Time On. Turbo, Turbo, go the Fox. Fox on the outside, Turbo on the inside. There we go. Try number three, New South Wales. This time they get it right. Outside to Fox, inside to Turbo. And New South Wales, they hang on to their lollies this time. And they're leading 16 points to nil. It's just... One of the many, 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 many tries that New South Wales scored back in game two a few weeks ago on a Sunday night. One of the many, many, many tries that they've scored over the first two matches of State of Origin this year. New South Wales have already won it. We've got game number three tonight. It's a lap of honour in a way for New South Wales and they'll look to clean sweep the series for the first time in 21 years. The game is on the Gold Coast. Jimmy Smith, whose voice you heard there, will be calling for uh, for Blues Radio, one of our three uh, calls on offer for you across the SEN network. He's the host of Afternoons with Jimmy Smith up on 1170 SEN Sydney and he's with us here on Time On here on 1116 in Melbourne. Jimmy, good to speak to you. G'day, Jordan. How are you, buddy? I'm well, thank you. I'm well. How are you feeling as a uh, as a proud New South Welshman heading into tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Besides proud, yes. Um, <laughs> gee, I tell you what. You mentioned the three calls that we do. So we've got the uh, you know the neutral call on 1170 uh, SEN, and then we've got the the Blues and the Maroons. So Brett Finch and myself, former Blues player, we've had uh, we've had a great time and celebrating the 76 points to six scoreline as it is thus far in the series. Uh, I can only imagine what those dribblers over on Maroons Radio have been discussing over the last two games. But anyway, each to their own, mate. Um, we've got plenty to talk about. Them, not so much. Yeah, have you bothered crossing paths at all with uh, with Gary Belcher or Scott Sattler? Are you just leaving them to their own devices? Sending a little text message along during the course of the game, just uh, <laughs> just inquiring as to what it is that they are discussing at that point. And invariably, I'd get one or two back. None of them are nice. None of them I can repeat here, Jordan, and a family friendly time slot, but uh, uh, nevertheless, they then stop very quickly, uh, especially at the back end of games when they're, uh, they've been comprehensively flogged. It's been enjoyable. Mm-hmm. What, is the, what is the current state of affairs in Sydney right now, and especially those uh, that, are, that surround and have impacted the NRL and state of origin? Yeah, extended lockdown announced today by Gladys Berejiklian, so we're locked down until July 30th. I think you'd be a brave person to say that will be the end of it. 97 positive, 24 active in the community. That's today. So um, it's a real concern. I know you guys have had a bit of a concern at a, 
at the MCG in that Carlton-Geelong game as well. So um, it's the nature of the, the strain, the Delta variant, as they call it, and it's highly, highly contagious. Um, as a result of that, we've had 12 NRL sides jump on a plane today and make their way up to Queensland. They'll be living in uh, in the bubble up there for a period of time, and then their families will join them, but not immediately. They've got another couple of weeks in a separate bubble, um, and then once that settles down, given there's eight weeks to go in the season, um, I would suggest that it would be highly unlikely that any round um, competition games are, are completed back in Sydney. Um, maybe some finals, maybe the grand final, who knows, but this might be the year where, just like the AFL last year, we have a grand final in Brisbane. Mm. And so the NRL are planning, from what I read yesterday, they're planning on having double and maybe triple headers at uh, at certain venues. Is that, I know that's not totally unusual to the NRL, given you have magic rounds now once a year, so we, we can, we've seen what double headers look like and, you know, matches at one venue looks like throughout the course of a weekend, but is that going to pose any issues, perhaps uh, grounds, uh, as in the, the turf quality over the course of the season, having having so many matches and so much traffic on, on, a, on a small pool of venues? They've got Seabus Super Stadium that's having a double header on Friday. They're going to do a double header on Sunday at Suncorp, so Traditionally, obviously, the weather a bit better in Queensland, so uh, firmer tracks. Um, they've got uh, Queensland Country Bank Stadium in Townsville as well that they can use. They've also got Sunshine Coast Stadium, which is what the Melbourne Storm, of course, used with uh, great success last year. So they've got four grounds there. Um, they've also got, at this point, Melbourne playing a game against the Knights at Amy Park on Saturday. Now, I would suggest that... Um, well, I wouldn't be surprised if that was to change, given what's happened in Melbourne today so um, we might see the Melbourne Storm come back up to the Sunshine Coast and if that's the case I think those four grounds can handle it I'm, I, it's not ideal but you know you sort of do what you have to do in these times mm. On to Origin tonight New South Wales have already taken this year's uh, series but looking to go 3-0 and o. Um, what is, what's been the What's, why have they resurged so quickly? I mean, last year they were meant to be the better team of the two and they didn't get the win this year, though. It's been so one-sided. What has seen the resurgence of the of the Blues outfit? Yeah, it's, um, it's a good point, Jordan. There's been improvement from New South Wales and Queensland have gone backwards. So New South Wales finally have Tom Trebojevic, Latrell Mitchell, James Tedesco all available. They've unearthed this guy, Brian Toto. And Nathan Cleary took his game to a new level. So a backline there for New South Wales that has arguably got uh, three of the best five players on the planet in it. So it's, you know it's a great starting point. The forward pack's been really solid. Um, some younger guys that have come in there and repaid the faith that Brad Fittler has shown in them over the last couple of seasons. And poor old Queensland, they needed things to go their way. They had Cam Munster come into game one when he hadn't played in five weeks. They had no Kalen Ponga. AJ Brimson was injured as well. Dave Fafita was under injury cloud. Josh Papalihi missed first games. And then they've had a lot of these distractions off the field. They had all that fiasco with Ronaldo Mulatalo, who was pulled out on the day of the game for, mm. for game two. So that was crazy. Now we've had Jai Arrow being sent home for breaking the COVID uh, protocols with a dancer that he brought back to the hotel, <laughs> Jordan. So... Yeah, from you know, it's just been from bad to worse for Queensland on and off the field, and uh, for for New South Wales to do it is one thing. To do it so comprehensively, it's just unheard of, and it, it really is interesting tonight when you get a a fast ground, good weather up at uh, on the Gold Coast, and 
I think it's a better Queensland side. It's probably not quite as strong New South Wales with no Nathan Cleary, no Jerome Luai, but there's always that threat that those guys can explode again. And if they do do that, then the scoreline could be anything. You mentioned uh, Brian To'o before on the wing. His partnership with uh, Jerome Luai from the, the from their Penrith Panthers link has been such a great focal point of this New South Wales team. No Luai, as you said tonight, it's Jack White and Mitchell Moses in the halves. But how much, so on the Penrith Panthers and how strong they've been over the last two years, how much, um, how, how dependent are the the State of Origin teams on the form of the club sides in the NRL? Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. Um, I, when you said the Brian Toto, Jerome Luai partnership, I didn't know whether you meant their playing partnership, their dancing partnership, <laughs> their singing partnership, or the fact that they carry a jukebox around with them everywhere and, and, and dancing and singing all the time. That's, that's how they roll, um, and they do it with great effect as well. The other one, of course, was Nathan Cleary involved in that um, with the, the halves for Jerome Luai. And then the other one, really important part of this, is Isaiah Yo, who... He's playing as a 13, but he plays a very different role to the traditional 13. He gets his hands on the footy a lot at first receiver, which is what normally a, a number seven would be doing. So that's all working really well for New South Wales because this is a, a Penrith side that prior to the injury to Nathan Cleary, we're just strolling along as easy as you please, top of the competition. Um, the Melbourne Storm are the threat there, quite obviously. But yeah, combinations have been really good for New South Wales. Is Dalfin Ugin playing out of position at prop? Uh, yes and no. So you're used to seeing him in a, a 13 jersey at the Melbourne Storm. He would play for the Melbourne Storm in 13, very similar to what an 8 and a 10, a, a prop play. Isaiah Yo in the 13 jersey plays in a very different fashion to what Dalfa can plays. So I think Brad Fittler, really, he's, he's lost Jake Trebojevic. He didn't play in the second game. Now Dalfa Nukin comes in. They're very similar type players. No nonsense. Yeah, uncompromising when it comes to what they expect of themselves and their teammates. So it's almost an attitudinal pick for Dale Finucane. And as we know, he's, he's just a thorough professional and won't let anyone down. Tonight's match is being played on the Gold Coast at Seabus Super Stadium. It means that all three matches in this Origin Series will have been in Queensland, so Townsville, Brisbane and now uh, Gold Coast, which is unfortunate given that this is one of the most dominant uh, modern series that the New South Wales team has had. Has there been a bit of... I'm, I'm sure there's frustration around uh, Sydney siders that they won't be able to see their fans. Is there something... Do you know if there's going to be some kind of plan for the future in the in this year to have a kind of celebration maybe for the Blues team? Uh, there was certainly disappointment with Newcastle. I think there was almost a, an air of expectancy around the fact that Stadium Australia wouldn't host the, the third game, where, especially when those COVID cases started to rise. I think straight away people thought, oh, well, that's, that's going to put the game in question. So let's do the right thing. And they took it to McDonald Jones Stadium in Newcastle very quickly. And that was really well received. That's such a great rugby league area with a, a proud rugby league tradition and they love their Newcastle Knights and they deserve the team to go and play there, the Blues, but unfortunately that didn't play out and you know that, that was a disappointment um, but what they've done with New South Wales in all of this and, and when they had to play that first game up at Townsville and no one knew how that would play out, they just said that's great, we, we like that because we're on a firm track and we've got the best players so they turn it into a positive for themselves. I, I see that they're doing exactly the same thing with the, the game on the Gold Coast. That's fine. We'll go to the training camp in Kingscliff. That's worked with us previously, so we're going to do the same again. They've, um, they've been able to find a positive out of all the things that have happened to the New South Wales. 
there will be a time, hopefully, where Gladys Berejiklian and all the all the Blues fans can celebrate them, but it's just not quite happening now, Jordan. So you're on Blues Radio tonight with uh, Brett Finch alongside you. What are you expecting from Finchie, and what's the tone going to be like of the call this evening? Yeah, see, this is where you get yourself into trouble, Jordan. He's <laughs> trying to work out exactly what Finchie might do. So last time, when we called the first game, and New South Wales led 14 points to nil, and at that point, Finchie said, they're gone, Queensland are gone, and they might as well go home now. And I thought, ooh, he's gone a little early, Finchie. Uh, it ended up 50 points to six, so he got it exactly right. But at one point, we felt that there was a ground announcer who put the call out, but one of the people in the crowd left their lights on in the car park. You met a uh, XYZ724, you've left your lights on, you better go and turn them off. There was about half the crowd walked out, so Finchie was able to identify that very quickly as well. We've had a lot of fun, uh, fun at Blues Radio, um, and I reckon the fun continues. So who wins, and what's the score tonight? I reckon New South Wales win and the scoreline's 36 points to 12. <laughs> excellent, excellent, Jimmy. Have fun. Uh, bring them over the line. It's a lap of honour for New South Wales tonight. It is in Queensland, but uh, you're still going to be lifting the trophy by the end of it. Have a good call, mate, and uh, we'll be listening here on uh, back in Melbourne. Thanks, Jordan. Jimmy Smith with us on 11.16 SEN time on on this uh, Tuesday, on this um, Wednesday night, I beg your pardon. State of Origin 3, it will be on your airwaves as soon as we're done here on Time On. Broadcasting all around the nation, we've got three different calls for you available on the radio or on the app. The neutral call with Joel Kane and Brett Kamali will be here on 11.16 with you. Uh, the Maroons radio call with Mark Braybrook, Gary Belcher and Scott Sattler or the, uh, the gleefully parochial New South Wales Blues radio call. You'll have Jimmy Smith and Brett Finch, so that'll be available on the app to you with uh, the game or the coverage of the game starting in about 12 minutes from now and the match itself to be an hour after that around 8 o'clock, 10 past 8, I think. But we know that State of Origin can sometimes get delayed a little bit, so it could end up being 20 past. Who knows? Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. We'll come back and we will wrap up time on after this here on SEN. Jordan Canellis with you, filling in for Sam Hargraves this week on Time On. We are wrapping up the program with a couple more of your text messages. 0433981116. Guy in Epping earlier sent in a text saying, in a recent member survey, I was asked the question, do I expect to attend a match this year? I replied, no. The reason being for QR code impediments and government interventions. Shame, because I couldn't attend a game last year either as a 21-year member. Um... Tom in Coburg says ticketing slash seating and floating fixtures are my issue. If there are no floating fixtures or floating fixtures remains, my seat will likely be empty for many games in the future as I will have other plans. Um, uh, Mortimer in Cranbourne North says, I like the sound of this year's Big Bash League. Short and sweet. They got greedy over the last five years and it ironically cost the game. Still a pity... Um, that's uh, Channel 10 don't have it anymore and uh, Andy Murray on the call, but uh, a free-to-air... Uh, but us free-to-air types takes, take the scraps on offer. Thank you, Mortimer. And Mick from Balan says, about time the Blues stepped up in State of Origin. It was getting boring watching the Maroons win uh, year after year after year, says Mick in Balan. A couple of headlines before we leave you for the evening uh, around the world of sport and take you to State of Origin. Uh, so the Big Bash fixture release, you can check that out. But December 
five to January 28 is the condensed fixture. Now, uh, in soccer, soccer news, Tommy Urich has signed with MacArthur FC, so he's moved over from Adelaide United, and he'll be linking up with uh, with MacArthur uh, in Sydney next season after a pretty strong showing with the Reds. Nikita Rukovitsia, the Socceroos striker, 34 years old, he's won the last two Golden Boot Awards in Israel, has left his club Maccabi Haifa, could be on the way to Melbourne Victory, who have been linked with him, Perth Glory as well, and also Western Sydney Wanderers, so he could be back in Australia very soon. In some pretty significant tennis news, Roger Federer has withdrawn from the Olympic Games. So his bid and his last bid, really, for a singles gold medal is over. A knee injury is keeping him out of the Tokyo Games. He does have an Olympic gold medal from back in Beijing 2008 in the doubles, uh, which he won with Stan Wawrinka uh, for the Swiss. Uh, Joe Conta and Bianca Andreescu also have withdrawn from the Olympic Games. Uh, the Boomers earlier today, a comfortable win against Nigeria, 108-69. to No Paddy Mills, no Joe Ingles, no Aaron Baines. No worries for the Boomers, though. Chris Golding had 21 points. And Josh Giddy, the, uh, the young boy who will be drafted in the NBA in a couple of weeks from now, he had 14 points. And the Tasmania Jack Jumpers have confirmed the signings of Fabian Krizlovich and Jared Weeks. So the new team in Tasmania in the NBL has seven senior players on their roster, plus one development player as well. It's coming along pretty nicely for the Jack Jumpers. We are taking you to State of Origin next. Brett uh, Kamali and Joel Kane on the neutral call. Maroons and Blues call on the app. Have a good night. Enjoy Origin. See ya. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.